Welcome to Adapter's Advantage, breakthrough moments that lead to success. Our podcast brings you insider stories of the moments that mattered, turning points on the sometimes rocky road to success. Here's your host, Mark Magnaca, president and co-founder of Alego, the workforce training and readiness platform built for distributed teams. Hi, this is Mark Magnaca. Welcome to the Adapter's Advantage podcast. Today, our guest is Mike McLaughlin. Mike is the Executive Vice President for Retirement for Ash Brokerage. He leads 65 direct reports who've grown a business line 300% in the last six years and is now one of the largest wholesaling teams in the brokerage general agency space. He's the author of three books. His book, Free Throws for Financial Professionals, reached the Amazon bestseller category in October 2018. And then his book, Winning Strategies, outlines the new rules for retirement planning, along with ideas to succeed in the financial services business. He's been featured in Forbes, in the Society of Financial Service Professionals, and other industry articles where he's both a writer and he frequently speaks at industry and virtual meetings, such as the Society for Financial Service Professionals and the National Association of Insurance and Financial Advisors. He was awarded the Trailblazer Award by Alego, that's right, for his innovative use of video training from our company. So Mike, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. What I love about what you and the Ash Brokerage team have done is you've made education a fundamental part of what makes you different. And as a result, people do end up selling more product. So that's all great. But I love that you're leading with the spirit that if we can help advisors become more educated related to this shift in retirement, um, that ultimately it will be a win-win. Yeah, we think that, uh, you know, we've always had the philosophy market of earning the business. And if we can show you a better mousetrap, a better way to approach clients, a better way to help them manage their longevity risk, then we'll earn that business. But it comes back to providing value and earning our business from a product standpoint. Well, that's a great segue uh, to the next question I wanted to ask you. When you think about what you do, both from the educational standpoint and really from uh, managing this team of people, uh, what do you enjoy most about your job and what drives you? Well, I think what, enjoys, what I enjoy the most is uh, when we have an advisor who uh, sends me an email and says, boy, your team really excelled. They really helped me from start to finish. I would not have known about that idea or that strategy unless I had been talking with your team. And, and that's where I really get enjoyment out of my business. And I'm very blessed to have an experienced team. I think it's also really important when I hear things that advisors say that their client went from uncertainty to certainty and uh, uncertainty to confident and insecure to secure. And that's where we win the day every day. You know, it's, it's part of the daily grind. It's part of being ahead of the game. And it's part of every um, athlete who says, I got to get better every day. What I try to adhere to is uh, two words that my business coach um, challenged me with early on in my management career, and that's lead responsibility. Um, and, and I try to lead responsible. Uh, we try to uh, set a good example. We try to make sure that we're doing things in the right way. But most importantly, we want to 
do what's best for the end use client as well. And so that's what gets me charged up is, is making that transformation in the insurance industry uh, from where we were into a fiduciary uh, level relationship. What do you see as the biggest challenge that has existed since post-COVID post uh, pandemic? What's the biggest challenge in your business that you've had to adapt to? Well, I think that there have been um, a lot of challenges. The, the nice thing is, is because I feel like we were a little bit ahead of the curve uh, with your firm's help with Allego. We had already been doing a lot of work with, um, um, uh, with videos and things like that. So we, we seem to be a little bit ahead of the game. Uh, I, I think at the end of the day, our challenge is still technology. The financial services space is really slow to move with technology and e-signatures and stuff like that. But certainly in a pandemic situation, what I think will continue on in a post-pandemic is, is how we consume information. Um, in preparation for this interview, I always go on and, and, uh, and Google the words financial planner. And uh, when you click financial planner near me, which I live in Fort Wayne, Indiana with about 450,000 people, right? Um, there were over 603 million hits of financial planner or something to do with financial planning. Wow. And, and that, you know, so, so people have that amount of access to information in 0.6 seconds. So we have to change on to an on-demand type of way. We have to be able to have our information and our education in the way that people want to consume it and when they want to consume it and on the platform that they want to consume it. Previously, it was just sign on to our seminar. Uh, we'll meet you for lunch. We'll meet you for breakfast. We'll do hand-to-hand -hand combat. And that's great. And I can't wait for those days to come back because that's where we're probably most effective. But we've changed a little bit to volume. We've changed a little bit to uh, more video. We've changed to on-demand. I will tell you as a um, uh, part of the executive committee for the Society of Financial Service Professionals, we're finding that there's a six times increase in the number of our archived webinars uh, versus pre-pandemic. And when we take a look a lot of our videos through a Lego and when they're viewed, they're viewed between eight to 10 o'clock at night. And, and that makes a lot of sense during a post-pandemic world because you have the kids at home, you're trying to homeschool them, you got the pets running around, you got a spouse working on the kitchen table alongside of you, and yep. you actually have a chance to have dinner, sit down, and consume things that you can talk about the next day. I think that's a huge shift during the pandemic, and it's been a challenge for a lot of people in the financial space, and it's been a challenge for us, but I feel like we're ahead of the game and, and have a great foothold on that because of the work that we've done with your company. So there's, there's a lot in what you've just described there, I think part of the resilience that your firm is exhibiting right now was the fact that you had been trying and testing out some of these newer approaches that there's a bunch of firms that have really just had to start from ground zero and figure it out. And, and it takes time to develop that mindset. But the reality is, is that we're coming into a period of time where today in 2020, there's one baby boomer, excuse me, there's one advisor for every 76 baby boomers. In just five short years, there's going to be one advisor for 176 baby boomers. Wow. So we have to teach our advisors today how to be more efficient and more effective. And so being able to be a one-stop shop, uh, shop to 81 different carriers 
is really valuable to have uh, that firm's advisors talking with one wholesaler and having a lot of different solutions in the bag for them. And that's our true value proposition there. Well, so, you know, what's interesting, Mike, if I can use a, a, a high tech metaphor for those listeners, uh, you know, who come from different industries, in the same way that uh, the website Kayak aggregated data from lots of different airlines and hotels in the past, and it helped you sort things like, you know, one stop, two stops on the flight, that kind of thing. So it's pulling all of this in. Um, a traditional insurance marketing organization might have all access to all of that content, but what you layer on top is almost like a TripAdvisor type experience where you're helping people understand when, using the kayak example, when do I fly on Delta? When do I fly on JetBlue? What's the right air, airline for this particular passenger? In the same way, there's certain companies that are a better fit for certain clients at certain times. And it's a lot of information for any one advisor to try to figure out. So that's Absolutely. why the education you're doing, I think is so critical. Yeah, absolutely. Not only are we giving them the education to say, hey, let's talk to your clients about this, but also we have the entire product suite. One of the things that we're working on, Mark, is to be a little bit more proactive with bubbling up opportunities. So we really do believe that managing data is going to be really important. So the use of technology in our enforced policy management, I used this example during our, our Trailblazer presentation a couple of years ago, but we surfaced $122 million of sales. And the best we had ever done before in that segment of Enforced Book Business was about $27 million. So as a pivot, um, what's changed in how your clients, and by clients, I mean financial advisors, how they are learning today and what they need to know about some of the topics that we've just discussed? Yeah, so I think that there is a, a huge shift. First of all, uh, like I already talked about, so many baby boomers, there's still 10,000 Americans that will retire today and every day through 2030. Those people have uh, really built their wealth off of concepts like dollar cost averaging, taking advantage of the dips that we're seeing in the market right now. Unfortunately, that dip works against you, especially if you're just starting retirement. So what worked for many Americans in the accumulation phase does not work for them in the decumulation phase. And so we're spending a lot of time talking about that and educating on that. I think uh, post-pandemic, people will still rely more on videos, which again, puts your firm in a great spot to help so many different advisors really learn. And I think that the next evolution of that is how do we get that to consumer? How do we help our manufacturers and the insurance carriers produce client-friendly material that as an advisor, I may not be comfortable with because it's not been my bailiwick. And here's a two to three minute video that kind of sets up the appointment that I want to have in two weeks with you. I think those types of things and being really focused in on what we're going to be talking about in our next meeting is going to be really critical for people because with so many baby boomers uh, and so little new growth in the insurance industry, we're going to be squeezed and we're going to have to be really, really efficient. There's really no time to be having four or five, six appointments. You've got to be able to move that sales process through in a reasonable manner while still getting all the points across to your client and making them feel comfortable. You know, Mike, as I listened to a couple of the stories uh, that were shared in your, your virtual summit, 
Um, I couldn't help but think back when I was a financial advisor, a wholesaler from American Funds came to see me and he told me one story, a story about a guy named Louis the Loser. And I don't know if you remember Louis the Loser. I remember Louis the Loser, yeah. yeah. Okay, so it was one of the most successful pieces of all time. And it's as relevant as it was uh, today as, as it was back then. But basically the, the, the uh, story went that um, it showed a picture of Louis and it said, you know, Louis, Louis is the unluckiest guy you know. Um, he went on a vacation in the desert and he got rained out. And uh, no matter what, Louis always buys at the worst possible time. So he bought at the highest part of the market every single year. And then what it showed is that over the last 10 years, uh, despite the fact that he picked the worst day, this was going back to when I was sharing it, uh, Louis averaged 12%. And uh, it said that if he had picked the best possible day, meaning if he had bought on the absolute low, he would have averaged 14%. And I remember sharing that story with people and so many people would say, you know, I'd probably be like Louis. But despite that, they said, I'm comfortable with the idea of making the investment because even on the worst case scenario over that average period of time and past performance, that's what it had earned. And when I think about what you were just saying, I didn't need to have an in-person wholesaler deliver that message to me. I needed to hear the story. And, and importantly, I needed to hear it from somebody I trust. So it's not to say there's not going to be any need on a going forward basis to have an in-person meeting with between a wholesaler and advisor. But I think if you really step back from it, once you know somebody, once you trust them, once you have respect for their knowledge, um, I'm not convinced that many of the in-person meetings that were happening in the past were absolutely required versus doing what you and I are doing right now. So I think that as we move to the future, there will be more of this hybrid. There will certainly be opportunities to get together at, at things like your summit and there'll be road shows. There'll be reasons for people to get together. But a lot of the day-to-day -day idea sharing can happen in the form of a video or in the form of this kind of uh, live interaction that, that you and I are having right now. Couldn't agree more. We're already talking with our wholesaling team about what is their uh, territory look like? What does their activity look like? There's no reason to drive six hours for one or two appointments. Um, even if it's a large producer, we can handle that through Skype or Zoom or WebEx. There's a lot of different ways to do that. I always tell my team that business is about delivering value. And the, the team who delivers value is going to win the day. And value can be delivered virtually. It can be delivered over the telephone. It can be delivered face-to-face. The key thing is, is how are you going to make a difference in that advisor's life and how are you going to uh, deliver value to them right now? So my question for other people watching this video uh, and listening to this podcast, what were some of the biggest lessons that you've learned based on the virtual summit that you just conducted and, um, and what happened as a result? So I would say one of the biggest lessons that I took away is that um, we peeled back some of the agenda. I focused in on our four main platform speakers because they're high quality content. I still wanted to deliver high quality content to our producers. But at the same time, um, just from a time frame, we were within 60 days when the pandemic hit to, to the summit. I was a little apprehensive about being able to pull off panel discussions with our RICs located in five different locations. 
having known what I know now today and much more comfortable with some of the technology platforms out there and the ability to do breakout sessions and things, I would have done that in a heartbeat. And the reason for that is that people naturally are more talkative in smaller groups. When we go into smaller groups of 10 to 12 people, we're more likely to share ideas and things like that. So we're gonna start doing that in our upcoming story brand events, break people out into smaller groups. I'm even gonna be doing that with my wholesaling team. So that's one lesson um, that will definitely uh, take away. Also, I think that when you and I caught up after the summit, you had a great uh, feedback from us. And that's a lot of people just don't know how to use technology platforms. And, and because we've been using technology and digital ways of communicating for several years now, that doesn't always mean our advisors are comfortable and they may not be comfortable with that platform because there's so many competing platforms right now. And so we have to spend a little bit of extra time making people comfortable about how do you interact? How do you go into this breakout session? How do you chat? How do you mute yourself? How do you turn on your video camera? Just things that maybe you and I, uh, having been on this call, take for granted. We need to be razor sharp and crystal clear about how to get our people to actually in, um, uh, interact and collaborate. Because the feedback that we got is that this is the thing that people miss the most. I, I missed shaking Mark's hand, sharing yep. a story. There's no reason why someone can't share a success story through a Lego, through a video, and have the other 200 people comment on it and say, you know what, I tried that idea from Tom Hegna. It worked like a charm. And then those people will grab onto that as well. That's where we really make a difference uh, in the future world of how do we do virtual events. So those were just a couple of the learnings that we took away from that, uh, from that event. So let's, let's just talk about your strategy because you've written three books. You're obviously a, a voracious learner. Um, what is your personal strategy, Mike, for learning to help you keep up to date and, and how do you adapt uh, to this changing marketplace? Well, I, uh, I read a lot. Uh, we're doing this right after Memorial Day and uh, uh, we had just built a uh, townhome with a four-story uh, balcony. And fortunately, it was a beautiful three-day weekend. I read four books uh, about how to get better and how to move forward, things like that. But I think that the best thing that, that I do is, is reach out to people. You know, uh, my business coach tells me that you're only as good as the five people around you. And so I'm always trying to look to upgrade that, reach out to tech companies about how we can do things different. When I'm on the phone with your uh, customer support team, um, which is just phenomenal, by the way, is, is what are best practices? You know, what are pharmaceutical firms doing? Because they're kind of like wholesalers in the financial space. Sure. They're, they're calling on doctors, distributing um, pharmaceutical products from medical devices and, um, and pharmaceutical companies, those are some of the best practices of what's working. And then how does that apply to our financial space? Those are the ways that I learn and, and try to challenge myself. And I always tell my staff, you know, challenge me. Uh, if something doesn't look right, let's think about doing something different. It's just a matter of getting better every day, get closer and, um, uh, I, I think it was the, uh, uh, Tim Seifert from uh, Lincoln. Was that your last yes. uh, S3? And it's not good, better, great. It's better, 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 better. And that's I what we try that. to do. That's what we try to go for. Yeah. 
And one of the things, Mike, that I've seen now that's really interesting is um, having a new person join the team doing a short video. And this was before they did have an in-person meeting. And um, literally about 100 people on the team, all the, the, uh, the new salesperson recorded a short video. It was about 90 seconds long. Um, he just talked a little bit about himself. But one of the most interesting things he shared was that he had a daughter who had had an operation and that the surgeon had used this particular medical device company's product. Mm -hmm. And he just shared this one anecdote. We'll, we'll call it some level of vulnerability. And um, it was unbelievable. The comments that lined up, so many people said, thanks for sharing that. Like, it's, it's so cool. Kind of like for you, meeting someone who's 95 years old, who's been getting a check for 30 years, right? And, and have them say like, you have no idea how much this has changed my life. But when I watched those interactions, this is what I discovered. They, they kept saying, can't wait to see you, can't wait to see you. I reached out to this particular salesperson at this medical device company. And this again is all pre-pandemic. Um, and after I spoke with them, I said, what was it like when you were a new employee, you had recorded this welcome video on a Lego, you, you shared this story and you had about a hundred people. He said, honestly, it was overwhelming. He said, I felt like a celebrity when I, when I went to the meeting because all of these people came up and they knew who I was um, because of that story. So we know this concept of getting people to collaborate remotely works but you're absolutely right. It's a training process to get people comfortable, just like they had to get comfortable doing what you and I are doing right now. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of times we, uh, we try to be too perfect. One of my best uh, sales guys actually had his dog run through the bottom of his screen behind him. He didn't even know it. And he had people commenting on that. And so it's just that it, it makes you more personable uh, video doesn't have to be impersonal. It can be very personal. It's just a different way of delivering value than face-to-face. Uh, -face. And it's, it's just repetition. It's just like anything else, getting comfortable with the, with the digital technology. Let's pivot to your podcast, Mike, because again, in the spirit of innovation, one of the things I love about the Ash culture is that you're afforded this privilege of writing books, speaking, um, coming up with a, a strategy here to help financial advisors with uh, what's called high performing practice as a podcast. What have you learned from doing the podcast and from interacting with your listeners about the value of capturing and sharing information in this format? Yeah, well, I think that a couple learnings. One is the consistency of a podcast or any social media campaign. When I first got to Ash seven years ago, I wanted nothing to do with social media. My creative services challenges uh, challenged me. They said, Mike, you gotta do this as the business line leader. So I started doing it, got better and better. Uh, since then have written uh, three different books. But the key is, um, and you mentioned Elise Archer's um, uh, presentation at our summit. Uh, there's a concept called She Hands Wall. And this is a problem that we do as marketers and as financial service professionals. As a CFP, there's over 100 different things that we need to take a look at in terms of putting together a financial plan. But no one can actually grab onto 100 different things. They're all different bowling balls. And so we have to really get our message focused and clarify our message. Then once you break through the wall, 
then you can talk about all the different things. So what we've tried to do with high performing practice is say, you know what, we know that there's a lot of different challenges. If you draw a quadrant on your piece of paper right now in the bottom left hand corner, we've all been there starting the business. I know you have Mark, you talk with anybody that will fog up a mirror, right? And you try to get them as a client. Doesn't matter what, what product that they purchase from you, you just want a client. Well, a lot of people have had a lot of success in our business going upwards and horizontal. They end up having a significant amount of uh, clients, but the problem is, is that they're selling a low amount of, of products. They're not very deep. And so you end up doing a lot of service. On the other end of the spectrum, you uh, have a very niche market. And if there's any type of tax legislation that affects that or healthcare, if you're concentrating on doctors, it's really difficult to expand that. What we want to do is move you up into the upper right-hand corner, which is where we believe a high-performing practice lies. And that's where you're doing three things. First of all, you're growing your business. You're attracting the quality people that you want to in your target market or new target market, and it's automate, automated. And then the third thing is, is that you're remaining relevant in the industry and with your clients. If you can accomplish those three things, you're going to have a really high-performing practice. And a lot of that is um, guaranteed income, protection products, assets under management, all together, doesn't matter what you want to do. But if you can attract quality people, remain relevant, those things are going to be really, really critical for you to have a high performing practice. But you're helping to lead the way for some of your customers to help them rethink how they're approaching the business. Because in order for them to adapt and in order for them to have this, what we'll call business resilience, there are ways to use technology that can differentiate you and, and Ash is clearly doing that. Yeah, uh, the time for looking at somebody and saying, boy, you look like a fixed annuity, those times have, uh, have left. You've gotta be able to clarify your message. You've gotta be able to act in a fiduciary standpoint, not from a regulatory standpoint, but just because clients are demanding all the transparency they've got to be able to do that. And so uh, that's where, again, uh, we started the top of the show, but um, that's the value of working with a firm like Ash that we can bring a lot of different things. And therefore we don't have to be the highest priced. We're out of the commoditization business. We can really bring value and then earn that business based upon the client needs. So Mike, to wrap up with this idea, I like to call adapting in action. We've covered a lot of ground here. Uh, what's the one thing that you would recommend to our listeners to do now, whether they're an advisor or not an advisor, uh, based on what we've discussed? Well, I think there's a lot of different avenues to do. You have to be crystal clear about where your business is going to be in the next five years. But the one thing that's consistent across everything is jump in. I think that you have to jump in and try, um, you know, just do something differently. For us, it was video two years ago. Uh, no one had done that. And then we said, you know what? This, this is a great way to educate the advisor, not just our internal staff. And so we just did it. And we tried it and it really ballooned and we're having some phenomenal success with it. So whatever that your vision is, you just gotta try it and you gotta do it and take a step off. You know, I'm, I'm so glad you said that because um, I just wanna share with our listeners the processional effect that sometimes it's hard to predict in advance. So if you think of it, you kind of threw a rock in the water and these, these waves started to come out from it. 
when you first started sharing videos and when you won the Trailblazer Award, talking about the really remarkable success that your team had with an idea as simple as a thank you video. So simple, right? But no one was really doing it. We were told by, by some companies in the asset management field, yeah, that's one thing. They're in the insurance business. They don't have quite the same regulations we have in the securities business, but we could never do what they're doing. So you just kept doing your thing. And then all I can tell you is that post COVID, some of the same companies that previously our contacts were told by compliance, you cannot do this. Everybody has had to rethink everything. And now we've got some of the, the most highly respected asset managers in the world using video to communicate with advisors on a regular basis and, and using our platform to do it. So yeah. to some extent, you kind of got the ball rolling there. And uh, now it's spreading to the much wider uh, audience. Yeah, I know I've, I've spoken with a couple mo uh, money managers right after the uh, last S3 uh, meeting. And I told them uh, our chief legal officer came from a very large insurance carrier who worked on their ERISA retirement side. So that's heavily regulated. So um, he's really easy to work with, but, you know, He's used to regulation. He looked at a Lego and he said, this is the best blotter system I've ever seen because not only do you see what was said, but you can also look at some of the things that they were trying to say in their practice ones because you can go back as an administrator and take a look at that. And then you can uh, date stamp them so that they automatically fall off when things are um, 12 months old. So he looks at it as, as a Lego as not an impediment to doing business, but as a great tool to use from a compliance standpoint. Yeah. So Mike, there's so much we could cover. I'd love the chance to, um, to chat with you again. Um, but in the meantime, if people want to learn more about Ash Brokerage or if they're interested in potentially having you come and speak at one of their events, what's the best way to reach you? Sure. Uh, from an Ash Brokerage standpoint, you can just uh, go to our website, ashbrokerage.com. Also, if you'd like some more resources, learn more about me, some of our coaching, as well as our podcast and blog, you can go to highperformingpractice.com. All one word, highperformingpractice.com. Mike, I, I want to tell you that, you know, I've been reading a lot about this time that we're in right now and how there's some people that you get together with virtually or, or in person. And when you leave being with them, you have more energy than when you started. And, and the truth is the reciprocal is true as well. Um, you are one of those people that every time we connect, I have more energy than when we started. So thank you. Well, thank you. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for all that you and, uh, and Alego have done. Uh, it's a great partnership. We enjoy it. Um, and Mark, we've just scratched the surface. I know, I know. We're, uh, this, this is going to be a unique opportunity for us to continue to innovate together. And best of all, share what we're learning with um, all of our respective listeners. Yep. Thanks so much, Mike. Take care. Thanks for joining us this week on Adapters Advantage, available on all major podcast platforms. Make sure you visit our website, alego.com, where you can subscribe to our podcast so you'll never miss an episode. If you liked this show, you might want to check out our virtual training kit to learn how to keep a remote team running at full speed. Go to alego.com slash virtual to download your kit today. Be sure to tune in for our next episode. And don't forget, one new idea can change your life.